Welcome to The Hoodoo Factory, a game show and discussion podcast about the 90s NBC sitcom classic, News Radio. We will be drafting News Radio episodes into units with a common theme. In part A of the podcast, we will host a game show based on our drafted episodes. The contestants will compete for ABSA points in hopes of being declared the ABSA winner. In part B of the podcast, we will discuss the episode in greater detail. We are three dorks who prefer the term news radiologists who decided to use Twitter and podcasting for good instead of pure evil. Hello, fellow WNYXicans. I'm Thad, and I will be today's host. I'm here with the Baltimore Beetle Maniac, Tom. <laughs> Hello. And by bike, subway, but definitely not walking, Lauren. <laughs> Hi there. All right. Uh, this episode, Balloon, is the second episode of our Jimmy's Publicity Stunts Unit, and Lauren's going to kick it off with our Agent Zero Pew Pew plot synopsis. <laughs> All right. Balloon was season four, episode 17. It originally aired on March 25th, 1998, which was a Wednesday. In an effort to keep up with the stunts of other billionaires, Jimmy James announces he is going to circumnavigate the globe in a hot air balloon. Meanwhile, Bill tries to quit smoking by taking up chewing tobacco instead, leaving Dave thoroughly disgusted. <laughs> Not just Dave. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've chosen a couple categories and games that I as host will award ABSA points for, the answers and arguments of each contestant. At the end of part A, I will award one very lucky contestant our episode's ABSA award for excellence in this podcast. So let's get started with round one, ABSA fever. So our first category, uh, we got Lauren going to go first, is what scene would you show to a new person? And everyone's going to give two. So Lauren, what scene would you show to a new person? My first choice is the cold open. It's a classic coming in at the end of a staff meeting scene. They love to do that in the cold opens. Um, it incorporates Mr. James being eccentric. We've got Dave with some brilliant reactions. Matthew being weird and clueless. Uh, Bill despising Matthew, yet being intrigued by him. And Joe builds something that goes haywire. It's like every piece of news radio that we love, except a Catherine slap. If, if somehow we could have that in there, it would have been perfect. But other than that, great scene. I think it shows off the dynamics to a new person. All right. Lauren's off to a hot start right there. Like, it's <laughs> A bunch of unarguable points. So, Tom, what scene would you show to a new person? Uh, I would use uh, Dave and Bill in uh, Dave's office when he enters and says, uh, worried about the big chief, little chief, and, uh, <laughs> and then goes it through the he quits smoking and then starts with the chewing tobacco, which is uh, really funny uh, physical stuff. So that's the one. All right, that is uh, that is definitely a good scene. Definitely, uh, you get to see Bill kind of show, Bill, Bill with that turn. You know, like ah, oh, good for you. He gets the turn in there. So um, awesome. That's that's a very good choice. Put you right back in the running, Lauren. What is your second scene that you would show to a new person? Second choice for me is the press conference scene. I think it has drama and intrigue, and it clearly displays every character's reaction to Jimmy's stunts, so it's a nice little cross-section of how everyone's reacting. It's got a lot of great physical comedy um, between like Jimmy and Lisa in the interview and the reveal of the yep. Daredevil suit. Um, just a great scene overall. Awesome. All right, so 
Tom, what is the second scene that you would show to a new person? Uh, I would do uh, Lisa and Jimmy the interview while Jimmy is in the balloon, quote unquote. Um, mm. <laughs> and, and, and you know he's describing wh- how high he is and can't can't figure it out. And Lisa's incredulous, <laughs> like, "What are you talking about?" That, yeah. <laughs> All nice. cu- culminating with the I'm ballooning my ass off. <laughs> ass off <my> <laughs> Awesome. Way to throw that extra line in there. Uh, that's a good point. I'm going to give this round to Lauren, 14 to 12. I really, really like these scenes. And I really, really like those answers. Lots of points. So, that's it. <laughs> We're all about scoring points. I've been watching the NBA Finals. Steph Curry's doing his thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's put some points on the board. All right, second category for today uh, is what quote is most usable or you would want to use in real life? All right, so Tom, you're going to go first on this one. What quote did you find in this episode that you find very usable or you would want to use in real life? I would use the line that I just used. I'm ballooning my ass off up here. (laughs) Uh, You know, you could change ballooning to whatever you're doing at the time. I I just feel like that's, that's a very usable quote. Okay. All right, I can say I'm just like I'm trying to think of what other activities. Like, what I'm, I'm, I'm walking my dog out here. Like, I'm trying to think of examples because I'm, shop, I I'm really shopping do my like ass that. off up here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm driving my ass off. Yeah, uh, you're like, what do you think I'm doing? I'm shopping my ass off. <laughs> I kind of like to leave it as ballooning, like it, even though that's totally not relevant to the situation. Like, anytime someone accuses you of not putting full effort into something, I'm ballooning my ass off up here. <laughs> I think I, I put on too many pounds to actually use that one. That's not going to work in my favor. <laughs> so, Lauren, you gained a point, but I just took it away because nah, that's actually <laughs> um, All right, Lauren, what is a quote that you would find most usable or you'd want to use in real life? Um, I want to use the line, I walk that line every Saturday night. Mm, <laughs> Anytime someone word. mentions a fine line between two things, because that's something that comes up a lot. Um, it doesn't have to make sense. It would just bring me joy to say it and confuse whoever I'm talking to. <laughs> yeah, and you can do the bull. The bill of the he like. I oh, never mind. <laughs> he, like, just yeah. Kind of it out. What? Uh, you, never mind. You got to get that like far off look though. Like you're <laughs> there's something going on inside your head. You're not really present in the moment anymore, and then you snap back. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, Tom. What is the second quote that you find usable? You'd want to use in real life. Uh, I gave up smoking, not nicotine. <laughs> and <laughs> I feel like you could use that for like various things that you might give up. Like uh, there's an episode of Community. I think it's like the second episode of the second season. And okay. the guy uh, is talking to Jeff Winger and he says, I gave up doing drugs, not being rad when he suggested they're going to go get a drink. <laughs> it's, right. So it's very similar type of Right, his lawyer buddy, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Yeah. Cordray. I can't remember his first name, but. Oh man. Okay. Yeah, I do like that line overall. I give him smoke, not nicotine. Oh, you, man. Come on. Uh, Lord, what is the second quote that you find usable or would want to use in real life? I like the line look, it lights up. Used anytime you want to distract someone from something. Like someone calls you out on something, just look, it lights up. And while they're trying to figure out what the hell you're talking about, you just run away. (laughs) 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 The runaway part got me. I don't really know what to make of that. Okay. Um, All right. I'll score this round as a tie. All right. It is eight to eight. 
on that one. All right, some very, very good lines. Uh, some situations that I definitely want to find out more about. Like, we should have some bonus points for actually going out during the week and using these lines <laughs> uh, instead of just using the game show. Like, if you, you get extra points in the next show if you if you were like, nope, I went out there. I'm back with a story of how I actually used that line <laughs> on something this week. My poor coworkers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, why is Lord always saying something weird at work? I don't get it. It's like every week she's saying something different. Dude, what does bitch cakes mean? <laughs> All right. Uh, going to our third category of our Absa Fever section here. What gag or bit had the biggest impact on the episode? And Lauren, it is your turn. I think it's got to be Joe ripping off Jimmy's breakaway tuxedo at the end of the press conference. Okay. Partly what makes it so funny is the sheer joy on Joe's face. And yes. I feel like a whole lot of this balloon stunt was actually Joe's idea just based off that reaction. And he just can't believe that he got Jimmy to go along with it. <laughs> that is a great way to look at it. I... Okay. Uh, Tom, what did you find to be uh, the gagger bit that had the biggest impact on the episode? Uh, I think it's just the uh, references to Bill Gates and uh, how he's too chicken to go on a balloon ride and it's really all just a cover for jimmy uh starting his own web browser you know and that, that's why he's giving <laughs> bill gates so much crap um that's that's the gag i like how heated jimmy gets about it sometimes too yeah <laughs> it's very upset. yeah i don't want to like, like i have a comment i just don't want to throw it out there too early you know i don't want to spoil it so <laughs> But I definitely have some thoughts on that press conference. <laughs> so the Bill Gates part. Um, okay, so this round is going to go to Tom, six to five, because he was able to come back with that Jimmy web browser. Uh, <laughs> notice right there. Got a little, little more out of that episode. So the, another good one right there. Uh, our next category is going to be the coolest detail in the episode, a nice adequate touch. All right, so Tom, you were going first. What is a nice adequate touch, a coolest detail from this episode? Um, when they cut to Jimmy or they show Jimmy going on after the balloon has crashed, uh, quote unquote. Um, they have the countdown screen for the, like five, four, three, like, like at the movies. And that's included in the shot. I really like that detail. Okay. The countdown. Very good. And it's, it's like the Wayne's world thing where it's like five, four, three. And then they point, (laughs) you know, (laughs) the last two are silent. Yeah. It's good. All right, Lauren, what did you find to be uh, adequate in this episode? I think the most adequate touch is when Beth grabs onto Mr. James and tells him she's not letting him go, and he stands up and he just brings her along for the ride. (laughs) The image of her hanging off his back is just so funny, and it lent so much more comedy to the scene than if she had just, like, you know, grabbed his arm or something. That's, yes. Yeah, right. She didn't just try to, like, hold or pull him or anything like that. And then he just stands up. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I said I'll be back. Oh, okay. We'll pick this up later. <laughs> All right. Uh, those are both good. Those are That's a three to three count on the score. I got more ties than I anticipated, but uh, but what can I say? I calls them like I sees them. All right. Now we got the best episode, Enigma. All right, so I want to know what questions do we not have an answer for from this episode? What's the best ones? Uh, Lauren, you were going first. What's the best enigma that you found? Oh, God, I have so many. It's really hard to choose. I have a lot, too. I have a ton. (laughs) So many questions. All right, I'm going to go with where were they going with the whole nobody notices Matthew bit? 
Mm. Right? Doesn't it feel like that was a build up to a larger joke? And so it's in yes. the cold open and then it's never mentioned again. It just felt weird and out of place. I tried to see if I could find the script online. I couldn't find it. I thought maybe there was more scenes that got cut or something. What's the story with the nobody notices Matthew bit? That's my enigma smothered in secret sauce. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, you know, I didn't think, I thought maybe um, it was like he just got his job back from getting fired. So maybe that was what it was. I did not mm. go back and check the previous episodes. Um, but at the same time, yes, that is a, that is a very good enigma. Uh, and I definitely thought the same thing when I was watching it. All right, Tom, that's, <laughs> that's a lot to follow up, Tom. What do you got? <laughs> What's the best name? Okay. So Jimmy mentions to Dave uh, Dallas, um, that's what went wrong in Dallas. I can only <laughs> assume he's talking about the Kennedy assassination, which happened yeah. in 1963. How old is Jimmy? Is he, <laughs> is he a Highlander? What, what okay. is going on? Like, was he there? Because you would think he would have been maybe an uh, early teenager at that point. Was he involved at, at that young an age? He was a CIA operative uh, exactly. at age 12. He's like the right. Encyclopedia Brown of, <laughs> of the CIA. <laughs> Over dinner, Jimmy James is plotting assassinations. Yeah. And then he's talking about faking the moon landing in, in 69. He's involved yeah. in water. He's also a park ranger around the same time. So, like, but he yeah. was all I over the we, place. I think we got to take season five completely out of the crowd. Right. Like, like, nothing makes sense. I think four, one to four, I think you can squeeze in. But five is just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's all there. Um, all right. So I'm going to score this round five to four for Tom. Because I did not see that question coming. <laughs> I saw the conspiracy question, but I didn't get the how old is Jimmy James. Like, that's a really good question, and I did not see it coming at all. Uh, okay, so moving on to our next category, the Bill I Stole Your Cane Keepsakes. Uh, everyone's going to give me two, all right, one at a time, on things that you would take to either display or wear from this episode. And we are going to go with Tom first. Okay, I think I think the number one is the uh, the daredevil outfit, the, the evil Knievel type suit that Jimmy has, which to me looks like maybe yep. a repurposed uh, suit from space from that episode. Like I know he didn't wear <laughs> one, but like maybe they had made one for him, and then they decided not to go with that. But like then just put a little piping on it, and boom, it's a daredevil. <laughs> okay, I mean you know that makes sense too because I'm like I not to step on the questions, but. Why are they having this press conference in the office? I'm like, <laughs> probably to save money on sets. Right. So exactly. that actually makes a lot of sense if they had to recycle a costume. Um, all right, Lauren, what did you think uh, was a great keepsake to display or wear? I want the HMS bad boy model. Yes. <laughs> Anytime there's a Joe invention, I feel like, for me at least, that's usually the number one pick for the episode. Um, also, I just thought it was really cool, and as Joe pointed out, it lights up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are great answers. Like, it's just like, this is a great category. These are great answers. Uh, Tom, what's the second keepsake that you would take? Uh, it's gonna be Jimmy's top hat. I love. I mm. like that top hat a lot. I, not the the tearaway tuxedo is kind of cool, but I I think the hat <laughs> itself is is great. Excellent. I actually had the hat separately on my list as well. So that's it's a, also that's a Monopoly cool. piece. So you know, great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> giant Monopoly board. <laughs> um, Lauren, what is your second keepsake? 
I would like the J. James banner hanging behind Jimmy Ooh. during the press conference scene. It's got the globe and the arrows going around the globe. And then there's a image of the HMS bad boy in the upper right corner. Very yeah. cool banner. Would love to have that. Okay, um, I do really, really like that logo, <laughs> and I do like that banner. Uh, Tom is going to take this one, eight to seven. We're going to have to total this up soon because it's looking a little bit closer, closer than we thought. Uh, so our final category for the ABSA fever portion is the MVP runner-up. All right, uh, Lauren, who is your MVP? Dave. And Tom, who is your MVP? Lisa. Ooh. All right, so we are going to battle this one out. Lauren, you get the first go here. Why is Dave the MVP of this episode? Dave is the MVP uh, because he has a lot of reacting to do, both in the mm-hmm. balloon storyline and the Chawspit storyline. True. Very <laughs> He's pretty true. much the only other person involved with Bill in the in the Chawspit storyline. It's just the two of them mostly. Um, and this is the part of the series where he's slowly descending into madness. And I think we see some of like sane straight man Dave as well as some of the chaotic, more insane Dave. Like we get a nice mix. Um, he had some great physical acting he had to do. So that's why Dave's my MVP. Okay. All solid reasons. I do like the progression of Dave as, a, as we know through the series. Uh, Tom, why is Lisa the MVP of this episode? Lisa's the MVP because she figures it out on her own that Jimmy is actually faking this whole thing. Like, whereas Dave, Dave kind of runs into this, Jimmy bumbles into him, and, mm. and that's how Dave knows. But Lisa actually figured it out, which I think is pretty impressive that she deduced it. Okay. The Jimmy-Lisa uh, kind of ad- adversarial relationship with the press is uh, definitely something I don't remember picking up on before, but it's really added to these episodes, so it was really good to see. Uh, I'm going to score this one 4-3 to three for Lauren. And that wraps up our Abs of Fever round. So I'm going to tally the points while Lauren gives you the reactions to this episode from the message boards at the time it aired in a segment we like to call the Freakzilla Report. Freakzilla. Here is the Freakzilla Report for this episode. Um, Several people noted that there was a commercial for this episode that aired multiple times during the week leading up to the airing of the episode, which is kind of just something that I forget because I never watched it live and now nobody watches commercials. But yeah, you would see like little promos (laughs) for the upcoming episode on TV. Um, It included a clip of Jimmy saying, I'm ballooning my ass off up here. And in the commercial, (laughs) they bleeped the word ass. But when the actual episode aired, the ass was included. And um, so the message boards were in an uproar about that. Like, can you or can you not say ass on TV? I think it it was just probably so that they could air the commercial in any time slot. Whereas like the the evening time slot, there's probably different rules about what you're allowed to do, what you can say. Um, But yeah, they were in an uproar about that. Um, And apparently around this time, there was also another ad uh, talking about the show's new time slot. There was a a time slot change had either just happened or was about to happen. Um, And it showed the cast in the office, and there's an announcer giving a summary of every time slot this show has held. And it was a long list. (laughs) And at the end, Dave says, imagine what a huge hit it would be if we left it in one place. (laughs) Just just a little acknowledgement. Um, I mean, the the network must have been acknowledging it also a little bit if they allowed him to air that ad. So that was kind of funny. 
Um, a lot of people came to the message board to talk about how great this episode was. Everyone loved the line, I'm ballooning my ass off. Uh, someone named TJA Knight said the network should sell WNYX coffee mugs, something we all now can mm-hmm. proudly buy on the internet. Um, but they wanted to make sure there was one line of mugs for coffee and another line of mugs for Chospit. <laughs> <laughs> They also wanted to know where Jimmy got his daredevil suit because they thought it would make comfy pajamas. (laughs) Maybe. Someone named Brian came to the message boards at the commercial break to say, this is killing me. Bill and his chospit, Joe and the missing $14,000, and we're only halfway through. No one chastised him for spoilers, but there was a general outcry that everybody wanted to buy a mug and possibly a copy of the Jimmy James web browser. (laughs) Um, finally there were a lot of comments that made me think of our something on the fly segment people really wanted to add a wizard of oz reference to the scene where dave finds jimmy's soundstage and he's behind the curtain uh something like that ignore the man behind the curtain or something like that lots of variations and i agree it would have been funny but this i don't really think this episode was lacking in comedy but i I um, tried yeah I tried watching the episode while listening to Dark Side of the Moon. It didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Did you time it right with the lion's roar? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's the screaming and the lion's roar all at the same time. (laughs) Well, this has been the Freakzilla Report. All right. Uh, right now, going into the second and final round, we have a tie, <laughs> 45 to 45. So uh, the round two is really going to determine who our winner for the day is. Round two is a little more social, and we like to call it the Marty Party. It's going to be our versions of buy or sell and would you rather. And remember, a good Marty Party does not absolutely make, except sometimes it does. It's still anyone's game. Here we go. Round two, the Marty Party. Um, now, in this game, contestants will get a statement and have to explain why they either buy the statement as a real deal or sell it as the McNeil perspective. All right. Uh, so we're going to start at number one, and Tom is going to go first. All right. Um, tell me why this is the real deal or the McNeil perspective. Joe is the best flight technician slash inside man that Mr. James could have hired for this stunt. Uh, I'm going to have to... Um... McNeil perspective this I'm going to sell this idea um, Joe is not the best he's far from the best <laughs> much like uh, Barry Zuckercorn um, he, uh, he he has no experience with with flight dynamics that we know of uh, okay. they could have gotten a much more believable guy that worked for NASA or somebody like that uh, or maybe an, just a, a like an air traffic controller someone with some kind of aeronautical experience would have been much better than Joe Okay, Joe lacks experience. Yeah, I see that. Lauren, can you tell me why this statement, Joe is the best flight technician slash inside man that Mr. James could have hired for this stunt, is the real deal? This is the real deal. First of all, I still think the stunt was Joe's idea. So he's definitely the best inside man because it was his brainchild. He's got this thing developed from the get-go. Second, the operation is going to require building some props and sets and getting some recording equipment going, some special effects, and who does Jimmy know who's better at that stuff than Joe? Plus, even if he can't do it, Joe always knows a guy. 
Okay. <laughs> All right. Not bad. Some some convincing arguments right here. I'm giving the edge to Lauren on this one, four to three. But good way to start it off our Marty party. All right. Second statement. Uh, Lauren, you were going to go first. All right. The new Jimmy James web browser spikes in sales after this stunt. <laughs> All right. So please tell me if this is the real deal or the McNeil perspective. This is the McNeil perspective. So okay. if this happened now and people could just download it real quick, it probably would have spiked in sales um, because it, it's convenient. It's on your mind right now. Just download it real quick. You're done. But back then it involved a trip to a computer supply store. You had to buy it on a CD with an activation code, install it on your desktop. I don't think too many people would actually follow through with that. I think you pretty much, at, at that time, you set up your computer with whatever they gave you in the store, and that was about it. Okay. All right. Very sensible. Very sensible. All right. Tom, why don't you tell me why the new Jimmy James web browser spiking in sales after this stunt is the real deal? Uh, this is the real deal. Uh, you've got a pitch from an Arnold Schwarzenegger sound alike uh, in <laughs> Abdul Aziz. So, like, who... <laughs> You're definitely going to, there was no bigger star back then. Um, so you're definitely going to like remember that <laughs> this Bedouin who sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger for some reason uh, <laughs> is pitching this, this uh, new product. People would go out to the store in the 90s, like much more so than they do today. It, it was a different time. Uh, they didn't have any problem going out and buying a product to install on their computer. Okay, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I'm actually going to give this edge to Tom, 4-3, to three, uh, because I think if you are going to get a Bill Gates Windows browser and you have the option of the Jimmy James, you are going to the store anyway, and you are going to have to make that decision. Uh, but I do like the idea that his, his advertising is much more memorable <laughs> than Bill Gates for Windows. So Tom's going to win that one. All right, statement number three. Uh, Lisa does publish a story about the balloon incident being a stunt. We see them arguing at the end of the episode. All right, it's kind of left up in the air. Uh, but Lisa does publish a story about the balloon incident being a stunt. Um, Tom, is this the real deal or the McNeil perspective? It is the real deal. She does publish a story. However, it gets buried pretty far down in like C16 or something like that. And nobody ever really reads it or follows up on it. It just kind of gets hushed. It gets glossed over. Okay. Um, Lauren, why don't you tell me why this is the McNeil perspective? This is the McNeil perspective, because if this were season one or two Lisa, maybe even season three Lisa, she would feel her professional integrity depended on publishing the story. But at this point in the series, she seems to have accepted that her current job is sort of a joke, and I don't think she has the professional motivation to go through with it. I think she's going to be like, it's just going to make my life in the office harder. Let's just forget about it. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Okay, so I'm going to score that one two to two. I was thinking along the lines of, like, Lisa, if Lisa publishes it, it makes everybody look bad. Mm. It makes, it makes the, her company look bad. It makes her look bad. It's actually in her best interest to kind of not talk about it and make it look like it's all legitimate because it actually has a negative effect on the other way around. Um, but that's why I win this question, and you guys are tied. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, going to our final buy or sell statement. All right, Lauren, um, it is acceptable that Jimmy pulled this stunt. Is that the real deal, or is that the McNeil perspective? That is the McNeil perspective. 
he didn't even do his research. He should have at least learned a little bit about how hot air balloons work. He could have brushed up on some geography or learned how long it was supposed to take to get around the globe. Ultimately, he deceived the world and made a lot of people who care about him worried. Yeah. And he didn't, he wasn't even willing to do a little research. So no, it was not acceptable. Okay, very strong statement. Tom, can you tell me why it is acceptable that Jimmy James pulled the stunt? Uh, this is the real deal. These... Uh... These web browsers don't sell themselves. You, know, you gotta, you gotta go big or go home. So, you know, I mean, although that statement is kind of crazy, don't don't people want to go home? I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> that's our next statement for real deal. <laughs> go big or go home. But yeah, he he's he's doing this stunt so he can sell the the merchandise, and so it's totally acceptable for him to have done it. All right. Uh, I'm going to have to give this one to Lauren, 4-2. to two. I was hoping for some billionaire peer pressure talk out of Tom, uh, <laughs> just, to try to, just to try to hammer that aspect home. But that concludes our Real Deal or McNeil perspective. We're going to go into our next game of the Marty Party, which is Have an Adequate Day. Uh, the game is based on ideas related to the episode. Our contestants will be presented with four choices and one bonus consequence. We'll have a short discussion about each choice, and then both the contestants and the host will draft our answers. Whoever's day sucks the least will win the game and be awarded six points. So here are the choices. One, would you rather suffer a nicotine withdrawal incident at work that requires medical attention? Or suffer a caffeine withdrawal incident at work that requires medical attention. All right, Lauren, what do you think? Um, despite the fact that I don't use nicotine, I think I'm still going to go with that one because okay. it, I feel like that's um, less embarrassing. Like, yeah. nicotine is a drug. I guess caffeine's a drug, too. But I think people would sort of understand, like, yeah, this is you're going to have big-time withdrawals if you're trying to quit smoking or whatever. Um, is a little more understandable that you might have some medical consequences. Yeah. Whereas if it's like you just drink way too much coffee and all of a sudden you need like the ambulance wailing down the street, yeah. that's embarrassing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Chicks can't handle the coffee, I guess. <laughs> um, Tom, what do you think? Uh, I'd go with the nicotine withdrawal, I guess, because at least you've had the nicotine. So. <laughs> <That's sweet nicotine. laughs> That's not the angle of approach that I was going to take, but yeah, all right. Um, I think I'm, I'm more along the lines of Lauren, where I think people are more sympathetic to nicotine. Like, yeah. you know, it's like ingrained in our culture that's hard to quit smoking. Uh, but coffee is like you should be drinking more coffee. Like, what five <laughs> cups? Like, no, try two pots. Come on, baby. step it up. Those are rookie numbers. Uh, okay, <laughs> number two. Would you rather? have a huge juicy secret about your boss that you want to share very badly but would get fired for telling or find out that there was a big secret at work that people you trusted kept from you tom which one of those would you uh, rather have well i'd rather know and not be able to tell than than have people keep stuff from me all right, I think that's uh, I think that's fair in interpersonal uh, relationships and expectations. Lauren, what do you think? I'm also going with like having the huge juicy secret, just because I am excellent at keeping secrets. Like you, you give me your secret, it stays in the vault forever. I am taking it to the grave. I'm very good at that. 
Um, and then at least I know, right? Rather than like some big thing happened and you trust these people and then all of a sudden if you find out, like you're like, mm, can I really trust these people? Even though I'm the one they can't trust because I never told them. <laughs> <laughs> Truly dizzying logic, Lauren. <laughs> I, um, I, you know what? I kind of leaning towards B more because I'm already a little paranoid, but it's like... <laughs> I, if it's a really, really big secret, like, oh, what are the odds I'm always going to be able to, like, you know, we're talking, like, conspiracy level, like Jimmy James. What are the odds that I'm not going to want to leak or make a joke or, I guess it might depend on the secret, but uh, I think in general, B gives me a little bit of moral superiority on the people at work once I do find out and I get to play a little bit of uh, some leverage games there um, <laughs> because I'm a terrible person. So... <laughs> I would actually go with B while you guys went with A. All right, three. Would you rather balloon around the world in a vehicle, balloonosphere, I believe, made by Joe, or sail around the world in a boat made by Joe? Uh, Lauren, what do you think? I mean, in either case, I feel like it's going to be a failure, right? Mm. And I am terrified of drowning. So I'm going to go with the balloon because <laughs> okay. I'm probably going to die either way. But uh, the drowning is like my number one worst way to die. That would be like the absolute worst for me. So balloon. OK, OK. <laughs> I, like, I think I'm still going to go with burning alive. But yeah, <laughs> drowning is up there. Uh, Tom, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to go with the boat because I can swim. Um, so <laughs> I, and I, I, I can de I can definitely float for a couple days. Uh, if, Couple if, days. Yeah, if you're coming down from Joe's mist-made uh, balloon, you're just splat. That's it. You're done. Yeah, and so then it's I, over. Been, you're done. No suffering. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, like you can survive for a couple days, and maybe the Coast Guard gets you or something. You know. Uh, I can't. Maybe you can. I can't. <laughs> like, I'm gonna include. Maybe if I like, if I include life vests and uh, you know parachutes, does that change the answers? Um, I actually, I think I would go with the balloon as well. Uh, something about water freaks me the hell out. Being in water, animals like by, by animals I mean naturally sharks, crocodiles, sharks. megalodons. <laughs> you know all these uh, kraken, all all these assorted you know uh, sea creatures that I would expect to run into. Um, so I would actually go with the balloon, but I think Lauren said it best. Was like, you, it's gonna fail, right? Like, you gotta <laughs> like the model <laughs> jumps on the counter, and then the balloon rises up and pops. It'll be better than that, Joe, right? Yeah, yeah. Can we take a second to appreciate the perfect comedic timing of that? The the boom oh, yeah. as it hits the floor, and the pop as the balloon hits yes. the ceiling, and then and the balloon back. crashing yeah. down. That was just so great. Yeah. You can you can see that scene with everybody just looking at the ground at the thing on the ground, but having the balloon <laughs> and having everybody go back up like that was oh, it was great. Well done. <laughs> okay, uh, so four. Would you rather deliver a press conference for a hoax? You know it's a hoax. And you can see your friends believing every word you say or attempt to get away with pulling a big hoax at work with two of your closest work friends. Um, Tom. Yeah, I, I, I'd go with A because it, like people are believing you. So it seems like you're actually getting away with this. Whereas the, the B is like you're attempting. So there's a possibility of failure. I think with oh, yeah. A, you're, you're not failing. B, you're failing. So I, I, would, I would take A. I think anytime you're dealing with work friends, there's a chance of failure. That's just, I, think, <laughs> I, I think this comes with it. Uh, Lauren, what do you think? 
I think B. I think at least you've you got buddies with you and you're going to have a good fun, good time. It might not work out, um, but at least you've got partners in crime. You know, you're not going it alone. Um, I think it would just be more fun, basically. <laughs> That's okay. All right. I, I mean, I can totally see that. I'm just like, oh, I, I did not look at it like that. Um, I'm like, I think the danger with A is that your friends might be mad at you for, for doing this press conference or being a part of a hoax. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with B, it, to me, it's like, do I really trust these other two people to be as good a criminal as I am? Like, I don't even <laughs> think I'm necessarily a good criminal. But I'm probably better than these guys. <laughs> so I might go though I think I'm going to the press conference. I think there's just <laughs> less of a chance of something going wrong. <laughs> Alternately, I know who everybody looks at first when three people get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, let's just say that, yeah. I know whose eyes where they go first. Um all right, yeah, those uh not bad. Uh, so the fifth consequence, uh, which of course there's no choice for, but we just like to have the numbers work out, is to accidentally drink from a chaw spit cup. Uh, so I have to ask, has that happened to either one of you? Tom, has it happened to you? Not a chaw spit cup. Now that the uh, like like beer can be used the, the beer yeah. can used as like the ashtrays. Yeah, like oh. I've gotten that close. I never, I didn't didn't swallow it or anything, but it got like up, oh. and I was like, oh my god, no. <laughs> Yeah, I've done that too. That's no good. Uh, Lauren, what about you? I mean, first of all, I want to say I would rather drown in Joe's boat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of with you on this one. I'm kind of with you. Um, it's never happened to me, but um, there was uh, after a party or something like, yeah, someone had been spitting chaw spit into mm-hmm. a can. And this was back when we used to like recycle cans. And uh, my husband put it in the, the can squisher, you know, the oh. one I'm talking about. And oh. yeah, it just, yeah, oh. it, was, it was nasty. <laughs> God. So not me, but I witnessed the aftermath, and it was terrible. Oh. <laughs> um, you don't invite well. that friend back to the next party. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, this is your mug forever. You keep this. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, no, luckily I've never done either, but I have come close to both. You know, like right yeah. at the last minute, noticed that something was wrong. Oh, uh, and again, you know, like I hung out with a lot of athletes, a lot of baseball players, hockey players. You know, um, I, I, baseball is such a slow game. I figure you need something to keep you awake. Uh, but a lot of these baseball guys dipped. And so, like, you would go around a party, a dorm room or whatever, and there's all these red cups. And every once in a while, like, it would be one just full of, like, chaw. You're like, Ugh. Like, the Gatorade <laughs> bottles were good because at least you could cap them and see them. Ugh. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's how I feel about chaws. But, Get those um, guys some sunflower seeds. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Come on, guys. Uh, all right, so those are our five. All right, so it's time to do the draft. Dun, 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 dun. Welcome back. We have drafted our choices, and now we're going to find out how adequate everyone's day was. Uh, so Lauren's day included suffering a caffeine withdrawal incident at work and requiring medical attention. Woo, woo, woo. Uh, sailing around the world in a boat made by Joe, assumedly out of homemade duct tape, and attempting to get away with pulling a big hoax at work with two of your closest work friends. Tom's day included having a huge juicy secret about his boss that he would uh, want to share very badly, but would get fired for telling, delivering a press conference for a hoax, and you could see your friends believing every word that you say, 
And accidentally drinking from a chaw spit cup. Mm. <laughs> uh, my day as host would be suffering a nicotine withdrawal incident at work requiring medical attention. Woo, woo, woo. Uh, <laughs> finding out that there was a big secret at work that people you trusted kept from you. And ballooning around the world in a vehicle made by Joe. So the winner is Lauren. <laughs> Lauren is winning based on those choices. I'm going to declare Lauren the winner of the Have an Adequate Day round and brings the final total of points to 62 over time. That makes you the winner. Do you have any final thoughts for your adoring fans? Um, just to say that I promise to honor the sanctity of this ABSA and all that it stands for. And uh, I guess I'm going to have to get on my scooter and do some victory laps. <laughs> please wear a helmet uh, we hope you'll join us for a more informal discussion about the episode in part B until then thank you for visiting the hoodoo factory the source for all your hoodoo needs good night pumpkin butterfuko to you pantyhose thank you for visiting the hoodoo factory the source for all your hoodoo needs you can follow us on twitter at Hoodoo underscore factory. The Hoodoo Factory is part of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. Please stop by the gift shop on your way out. And remember, the Hoodoo Factory is the supplier of the only known antidote for Absa fever. <laughs>